0: 20 weeks later, we head back to Croatia one more time to discuss all things BFank. The moments, the quotes, the betrayals and triumphs from villain arcs to heroes' journeys. This incredibly long season had a bit of it all. We're going to break it down one final time, put a nice, tidy little bow on it. That's right. It's the challenge. Battle for a new champion, full season recap and awards coming up right now. What up, my fellow challenge lovers? Welcome to... The Challenge Historian, where we dive deep into all things MTV's The Challenge, past, present, or future. If it's happening in the Challenge Universe, we are here to document it. I am your host and dedicated Challenge Historian, Jacob Halleval. Thank you so very, very much for being here with me on this Wednesday, one week removed from crowning our only one champion, Emmanuel, as the battle for a new champion came to an end. We've got Reunion Part 1 airing tonight, Part 2 next week. We'll talk about those sometime in the future today. Without having seen those, we're we're going to wrap up the season once and for all. We're going to hand out some awards, talk about if it worked, the whole dang thing. Before we dive in, though, quick program reminders. First and foremost, there's something else happening today in the reality competition landscape. There is a season of Survivor premiering in mere hours from the time of this recording. Myself and my good friend Tony will be back. Survivor historian is back. We will be covering this season. We did not do a season preview, but that does not mean that we're not covering it. It just means we didn't have time. We will be covering the premiere. That'll be up sometime this Saturday. We will hopefully be back almost every week, maybe even every single week of the Survivor season to cover that show. So Survivor fans, tune into that same podcast feed. Don't got to go anywhere else. It'll be popping up in this feed. Challenge historian Jacob Petoni are back. As is the biggest news and challenge news related everything in the last couple of days and in the longest of times. All stars Four all stars is back. We finally get it like a year and a half later. They're giving it to us. We get the trailer, the full announcement a day or two ago, and the season starts very soon as far as they give us a year and a half to wait for this thing. And then the moment they announce it, they're like, and it starts in uh, now, basically now a week or so from now, March 10th, Sunday night. So season preview will be up sometime next week as early as i can probably a tuesday or wednesday we're looking at but if i can get it earlier i will so that you have plenty of time to tap into that before the season actually premieres on march 10th and then as that season airs or drops on paramount plus we will cover every single episode here you will get an episode recap recap without within 24 hours of the episodes dropping on paramount plus i don't know the exact release schedule but My schedule will match theirs. We'll be here every single episode all along that what looks to be truly amazing season. Then we'll come back again sometime in the next couple of weeks, cover Fank reunion episodes, as well as Challenge Home Turf, all in one little catch-all episode. No promises on when that episode will be. Once we've seen both reunions, once I've watched all of the home turfs, we'll do a little catch-all episode about that. Just drop it in wherever makes the most sense. And then finally, one other piece of content coming your way this weekend for those watching on YouTube or for those audio listeners who want to go tap into YouTube I fixed the challenge. I don't know if you heard. Well, you haven't, because I'm just telling you, I'm just announcing it right now. I fixed the challenge. There is one structural issue that has been plaguing this show for season after season, even when folks like myself love it more than most, There's something that needs fixed, and I have fixed it. I'm making a video about it. It'll be out this weekend only on YouTube. So those that are audio-only listeners, if you want to figure out what is wrong and how I have masterfully, beautifully, so intelligently fixed it, you go over to YouTube, you subscribe to The Challenge Historian, and you wait for that video to drop sometime this weekend. So that is all coming up in the future. As for what is coming up right now on this very episode, is the BFANK full season recap and awards, which we will start by saying, did it work? We're going to answer that question once and for all. We're going to do a segment of love and hate, a bunch of stuff we loved about the season, a bunch of things we didn't love about the season, dare I say hated. So we'll do all of that in one little group. Then we're going to play a g- great game of bring them back or don't. Every cast member will be judged. After that, we're handing out all of the regular awards, daily elimination, quote, moment, Dan Renzi, all of them, which will then be finally at the end, conclude with the MVP of the season and the final grade for the season. Put it in the history books once and for all. So that's what's coming up tonight and in the future. Thank you as always for being here. Subscribe, rate, review, wherever you may be listening or watching. Those help a ton, a ton, a ton. I love you. I thank you. Be fank. here we go. One more time, full season recap and awards. Let's go. First things first. Did it work? The biggest question, coming into this season, they made the big, bold choice, battle for a new champion, no super vets, only people who've done one, two, three seasons at most, maybe a fourth if you've been on a USA or a spinoff here or there. And they at that begged the question of would it work? aka would it create some new stars, some new storylines, characters, arcs we care about and would be excited about seeing continue on future seasons, which means the biggest questions coming out of it is that same question, but now we can answer it. Did it work? And there is a way to answer that question, yes, which means just by me saying there's a way to answer it, yes, means there's a way to answer it, no, which means the true answer is somewhere in the middle, but Let's cover the yes part first, then we'll cover some of the no, and then we'll come to a nice conclusion. So, on the yes category, it did work. Things in its favor to say that it did. Darius, Kylan, Horacio, and Raven. All four, I would say, are now legit stars and have a majority of the fan base caring about them, wanting to see more of them, wanting to see their story in this franchise, in this world, in this game continue. And that's I mean, if you're coming out of this four, maybe Raven is not, you know, isn't quite on the level of, you know, the fans really Pounded on the tables the way they would for Norris, Kylan, Horacio. I put her in there. I think uni- kind of universal rating was she was probably the fourth biggest star to come out of the season and has a pretty positive review across the board from all the different segments of the fandom and many, many of the big voices that talk about the fandom and past players and the whole thing. I think those four are kind of legit stars. Everyone wants to see more of. That's a really great thing. It also then you say it furthered or kind of backed up them, putting Michelle Jay, and Olivia in the forefront of the conversation coming into the season. Now, some people very much may be mad at them. Some people very much may not like any of those three individuals or some of those individuals anymore have had enough of them. That is all true. They have all three though, get a genuine reaction out of fans. You ask almost any fan about Michelle Jay, or Olivia. They are going to give you a reaction And they would have obvious stories to build on going into a future season with any of those three. So I think while, yes, they maybe didn't go into it, be like, let's turn Jay into the big villain. Let's have Olivia stab our new star in the back, you know. It still created stories. It still created interest, uh, positive or negative interest, nonetheless. And so it's kind of backed up. Those three being kind of put forward as new faces of the show, new stories to follow. And then there's maybe a few others that it, you've at least got some people in the fan base in this case, I'm going to use my own personal examples, but I think everyone would maybe have a little different examples of others that they would see potential in, maybe would like to see again. For me, obviously, you know, if you've listened all season, that's Corey, Ed, and Berna. And, you know, for you, it might be someone else. It might be a Manuel. It might be... I don't know. Hopefully it is Coriard, Ed, and Berna, because those are the three that I like the most out of the rest of the group and would like to see back. We'll see what my answers are to them when we play the game, should they be back a little bit later. But Overall, you got four people who I think you've kind of made in the stars. You've got three more whose stories are pretty obviously deserving of continuing. And then you had a handful of folks who maybe one of, you know, picks up with different fan here, different fan there. I would say that's pretty good overall. So in the, yes, it did work. There's a decent amount on that list. Now, some of the reasons it didn't work nearly as well as they could have hoped for. First off, Jessica, Kieran, and Callum, all three gone early. The UK and Australia has always provided for the show. I mean, the UK always has Australia, the one season, and then the couple people they brought from that season into different parts of the challenge world has provided in a big way for this franchise. And this time, the three that could have been the standouts had their time cut short. Jessica gone, you know, episode one, Kieran and Callum in, you know, whatever, five, six, seven range out of 19 episodes. So pretty dang early. So early that we kind of almost forgot they were even there. And then you add in that James was the one that made it to the end of the folks from a UK or Australia. And he was super boring and it just kind of adds into it's like it's almost was like a mistake. Like we we did those seasons, those spinoffs, and it didn't totally amount to a whole lot. After we've tried to integrate more of them into other parts of this challenge universe. And so that was a big loss for the show and something they definitely were maybe banking on. Like we get some more UK fans in here. You had a large Alliance run the game again which, you know, to the chagrin of almost every fan, every everyone watching the show, probably to production too, honestly, you'd hope that's less likely to happen when there's so many second time, third time, fourth time players, and not some of the big super vets with the super ingrained relationships, yet it did happen again, and it dragged the show a bit at times, and then you get Emmanuel as the winner, who isn't the ideal pick. If they were going into the season, who do we want to win? Again, we covered this last week on covering his win, I like Manuel. I think there's more personality there than people give credit for. He's a fantastic competitor and I will be excited and interested to see him back again, but objectively on the list of people. If we're only going to crown one champ at the end of all of this, who put that person forward as like the new champ in the building going forward in future seasons, he wouldn't be at the top of the list. There would be a decent amount of names ahead of him as far as the best possible choice to just carry the mantle of the show, to create momentum going forward for the show and for the franchise. And then finally, the other thing we covered last week, they fucked up with it only being one champ. Battle for a new champ should have been two champions all along, a female champ, a male champion. And then we would have gotten a Reese as a champion. Yes. The game would have maybe played out very differently. There could have been different people there in the end. I know. Nereese got second overall. She was the top female. She was right there behind Emmanuel. And if they would have done both, then there's a good, good chance that Nereese is standing here, not just as the new face of the show, the biggest star the show has made in a long time, but a champion along with it and able to carry that very deserved, what would have been very deserved title and belt and check that would have come with it. So overall, it kind of worked, but. Only just barely in the way where it, it ends up being people like myself have to defend it and say, I liked it. I liked a lot about it. I liked a lot of the people you're all being too hard on it, but I get why you're being hard on it. And I get it. And so we're just kind of in that middle ground where, you know, there's a mob of folks who hate watched it and hated on it every single week. and would tell you how bad and how ruined the franchise is. And the only thing worth worth watching is all stars, which by the way, putting all stars for them, like two weeks later, uh, four days later after the reunion airs, like it's a, it's going to be a tough comparison when you have this, what looks to be truly unbelievable. Like the cast is just insane. The season looks insane. It's going to be great right after that. That's a tough comparison to have to do. It's not necessarily what you'd want to do. And it feels like, again, maybe they bailed a little, maybe they knew in the moment, maybe we aren't going to bold, fully be successful with the mission here for B Fank. But uh, overall, I'd say it kind of worked. There was a lot of positives. They did get the bare minimum of what they needed out of this. It's just there was a big mistakes along the way and a couple things that didn't totally go their way. So we're somewhere in the middle. Now let's talk things I loved, things I hated. Okay, we're going to go a little back and forth here. There was a lot that I really liked about this season. There was a lot that I disagreed with about this season. We're going to mostly recap all of it because you've heard I think all of these things before, at some point during the season, but let's put it all in one place again. We're here today to tie the bow on the season that was starting with one thing I loved about this season. The control and the conquest phases of the game were fantastic, were absolutely amazing. Having to work as a team to make money, very fun dynamic. I thought an inventive new gameplay used for a stretch of time, they nailed that, I think. I I would, I would be interested in that even going a touch longer, a fifth or a sixth even. As you can tell here, I've listed two of the three phases of the game. The third one's coming up here in just a minute. But if this was just these two phases, a teamwork for a little longer, an individual conquest for a little longer, I would have absolutely adored the format of this season. The conquest portion using purges, being a truly individual game was great. I love control and conquest. I hated, however, the chaos phase. The champion element didn't work we've covered it multiple times we'll briefly recap it again there was no way to make it work one way if you go one way you don't make you know put these people over enough you just have the champs come in there and beat their ass and now now what are you what are you doing you're not accomplishing your base goal but then the other way they more or less went was We end up bored watching the champs do math and puzzles when we'd kind of like to see them crack some skulls. And so there wasn't a way to make that element work. They shouldn't have used it. It distracted us from building up. The people we're meant to care about it took away from the mission of the season all to watch CT do a math equation. I mean, that's, that's what we got out of all of it. So hated the chaos portion of the game. Eliminate that in this season is just, it goes up a Big, big, big level in my books. And I think everyone's watching. Loved, loved the location, the dailies, and the eliminations. And now that's a little, we got to split some hairs here because that eliminations, you're just like, wait, what did you just say about the the champs part not work? That was all eliminations. What are you talking about? So location, dailies, the limbs, I loved. Croatia's the bomb. Keep going back in the summertime, obviously, we need warm weather, challenge seasons only. No cold weather ever. Again, just only warm weather. That's the only good challenge seasons or warm weather. We've only ever really done it once with the cold, fresh meat, too. It's an anomaly. It's the exception to the rule. The dailies and the olims were very well constructed. If they were all versus each other, if these, those eliminations that they played versus the champs would have been played versus each other, I would have liked them a lot. I liked the design a lot of them. I just didn't want to necessarily see CT coming in and doing that or you know, Cara Maria coming in and that's what we get to watch her do or Laurel, et cetera, et cetera. But there were a few standouts really well done that I really, really liked. And across the board, I thought they were well-produced, well-organized, and well thought out. So I liked the dailies, the elims, and the location. I hated the length of the season. I think we're all at this point now. There is too much... Challenge at some times. Okay. Now, if the seasons were shorter and you just literally started one right after the other, the way we've kind of been doing all for that, there's not too much in that regard, but for one single season, there can be too much. There's no need for 19 episodes. This went on for almost five months. Almost five months with the reunions. We're talking 21 weeks here. Like we're talking five months that the show is on. That's that's too much. That's insane. If it's gonna be close to 20 episodes a week uh, for any future seasons, release two a week. I'm down. I loved the USA2 Sunday, Wednesday, or Sunday, Thursday, whatever that release schedule was. They did two a week for the first three weeks. Loved that. And if you're gonna do a 20 episode, an 18 episode, a 16 episode season, give us two a week. Get it out in eight weeks, in 10 weeks instead, or just drop it down to 14, 12 to 14 is the sweet spot, 60 to 90 minute episodes. That's the best. The chaos portion definitely dragged. The same story was playing out for like seven weeks there in the middle of the game. Momentum was lost completely. So did not love the length of the show. Loved, however... Secret eliminations that stayed the same in dual style nominations. All the old school bits of flair were great. Love, love, loved in the conquest portion, the back half of the season there, the back third, back, back 10%, whatever it ended up being of the season. The eliminations without audience participation are great. Love it. Love the surprise entrance. All of that worked out and it all worked out every time it's ever been done before. AKA the two fresh meat seasons doing them during the day works out really well. I like that having an advantage for repeat goers into elimination ers. I don't know that that made any sense, but you know what I mean for a Nerese that has to go in over and over. Well, there's an advantage. She's probably going to even come back more likely to come back. The more you send her in. I like that. It's great. All around the dual selection gets everyone truly involved, puts the power pretty equally divided. So that one person, if they really want to could just shake things up now, It didn't happen here, no one took advantage of it, but they could. If you make one person in an alliance mad and suddenly they're just randomly go rogue in the middle of the the order and they just go off the board and suddenly your whole alliance is screwed, that could happen. That's fun. Everyone has a little bit of power. No one person, one group of two or three people can truly, truly run stuff. Again, I know they ended up doing it, finding a way to do it here. That's good on them. But I love everything about secret eliminations, dual style nominations, all the old school throwback formatting tweaks. And then finally, one more thing that I love, TJ's performance in the final. TJ was fantastic all season was really the most comfortable. We've seen him like adding in his own thoughts and opinions. I felt like we needed it more than ever with the youth. As far as experience in the challenge world of the cast, we needed TJ's actual thoughts, opinions, some actual commentary from him. We got it. He's the best. I love him. Generally was just dope all season long. And the final itself was well constructed. The right amount of difficulty for the most part to me, we covered it last week, turn it up slightly with the distance. Maybe they can let him be able to go to sleep a little bit those types of things but overall it was really operationally run soundly everything made sense i think we saw all of it or almost all of it for once and i'm always just thankful when something's run really really well on this show it doesn't always happen so we've got to applaud them when it does those are some things i loved those are some things i hated now let's move to a little game i call bring them back or not at this point in the podcast i should note You may have already noticed uh, the voice slowly but surely changing. Hopefully will not be, you know, too raspy or gone by the end of this recording. This is the fourth podcast recording I am doing of the day. Uh, So, yeah, the voice probably wasn't probably wasn't terribly smart of me to schedule three interviews I recorded earlier today. Not for the challenge, unfortunately, for a different show that I host in a completely different world. But if you're starting to notice the voice, go that's uh that's the culprit of that let's play the game bring them back or not the game is simple do i want to see them again on the flagship season of the challenge with caveats if i'd be open to them on a different version of the show we'll throw that in there and as always i will do my best to do this objectively with the interest of the show in mind like if i was on production would i would i want this person back do i see value in bringing this person back not necessarily my personal opinions although i couldn't help myself so Probably my personal opinion will be pretty woven into most of these. Let's do the men first, the women second, in order they were eliminated. Everyone gets judged here, all right? So, you may not even remember that a few of these people were on the show, because again, it was five months ago that we saw them for one or two episodes. Let's start it off. Chauncey, that's a no. Had his shot twice, we're good. We don't need Chauncey again. Go be an awesome dad and partner to Amber and your beautiful baby. They deserve you. I know you are and can continue to be an amazing partner and dad and also be the best dad when Amber hopefully comes back on the show. So Chauncey's a no. Huey is a yes. I think he's two for two and providing a lot of value to the show both times he's been on. I would also love him to see him on UK season two, which I think they should do. I don't think they ever will, but I think they should and he should be on it. Kieran, a yes if he's single. He's got everything we're looking for, I think, and I think uh, he he was a great choice to bring into the flagship world, and I think it was really working, and then it was cut short. Callum, on the other hand, I'm going to go with a no to the flagship. Yes, if they did a UK too, I would love to see him there. Asaf, I'm leaning no as well. I think I'm going to end up with too many yeses regardless, so I'm trying to be a little harder here in the early going, but generally I think we got the best case, the most entertaining version of Asaf, and uh, I don't think a ton of the audience totally vibed with it, and so we're going to go with the no. Then we got Ed. It's a yes, and it's not just because he's my fave. Hear me out. First off, he's an amazing competitor and I think he's just I think he's just really good for the show. I think that's why I was so invested in him so early. But I also think the behind the scenes indirect value that he brings is important. The fact that he's so fun and goofy and a good hang in the house. You need some good hangs in the house to keep the whole group in a pretty good setting where they all can do some entertaining things for us. So I think indirectly those good hangs being in the house bring a lot of value to the season, even if it isn't mainly just from them, you know, on screen themselves. So Ed's a yes for me. Kylan, Horacio, both yes times a hundred. Of course, James is a hard no. I'm so disappointed. (laughs) We'll always have that one episode of challenge UK. It was fantastic. It was an unbelievable performance. But it's a, it's a firm no coming out of this season. Jay, yes. We got to bring the villain back. Corey, I think an absolute yes. And Emmanuel, well, he won. So he's got to be a yes, which takes us to eight yeses for the men. Four no's on the men's side. Let's go to the women's side. Jessica, remember Jessica being there? Lost in the first episode, unfortunately. She's a no. If they ever did Australia 2, an absolute yes. But that will never happen, unfortunately. As beautiful and amazing as that season was. Hui. Beautiful person, but no, we're done. We world championships. This fantastic that they gave her the opportunity. It's a no. Big T and Melissa, yes and yes. If they want to come back, keep bringing them back. Raven, a big bold yes, absolutely. Zara, this is the one. I'm I'm out of maybe. I know I'm. I know it should. It seems like it should be a yes. But again, one, I think I'm going to have way more yeses at the end where I'm like, I don't know that we need six, like 15, 16 of these 24 back. I'm just on the fence with Zara. I I think she's brought a lot of value to both seasons. She's been on all three seasons she's been on now. And so probably yes, if I had to be, but it's the one I'm giving myself one maybe in the group and I'm giving it to Zara. Michelle, absolute yes. Olivia, absolute yes. That story has to continue now. Mariah. It's a no. Your shot's over. Your abs will shine on Instagram for eternity. We'll all go see them there. But unfortunately, it's a no for the challenge anymore. Berna, it's a yes with the caveat. We need a couple of her friends there. Emmanuel, Michelle, uh, we need a couple people there. Maybe just those two specific people. I don't know. Uh, we need a couple people there to help her be comfortable within the house. Um, but Berna's is a yes for me. She, she brought a lot of value this season. And I think she did in her first season too. clean. No, I'm still going to check out uh, the mole at some point, but uh, would uh, probably don't expect to be checking her back out on a future season of the challenge. And then Norris, duh. Obviously, absolutely. So women, we're at like a 7.5 to 4.5, maybe an 8 to 4. So we're basically at 16 out of 24 that I would happily see back or see good reason and value to bringing them back. So back to that first question we asked, did it work? I mean, 16 out of 24, like you're probably out there like, hey, you're being too nice. This person, this person, this person should be no. But even if, if you're cutting a few more than I just did and you're at like 10, 11, 12 out of 24, like that's still pretty great if you brought that many people back into next season threw in six vets, threw in four rookies, whatever, threw in you know whatever. It, it would work out well. So those are who we want back. Those are who we don't need to see again. Let's hand out some hardware. Now, we've got best daily elimination quote, moment, Dan Renzi, and then, of course, we will do MVP at the end of the awards here. But we'll start with the show specific. And actually, I should throw in best episode Spoiler though, or not spoiler. I'm just going to tell you who would win. Best episode is, was it episode 16 or 17? Uh, And really just join them, call them one episode, the overlap. Norris taking out Horacio and Kylan and then coming back into the house and, you know, facing Olivia and everyone else once coming back after the betrayal. So basically if you could combine back half of one episode, front half of the next episode and call that all one that would be the episode of the season which again was just to get my numbers absolutely correct here was episodes 16 and 17 those ones combined that's the episode of the season so there's a quick early reward for our award excuse me that i forgot to put on my list now best daily challenge Three nominees here. Again, I liked the dailies across the season. I thought they were well executed. I thought a lot of them were very creative and very fun. I especially liked the team concept at the beginning. Three nominees, though, for the best of the season. Control Tower from episode three, where they only got three of the 23 balls up on top, where you had to build the two human ladders on the ropes Transfer the balls up to the top of the platform, put them in the basket in a set amount of time. They only got three out of 23. It seemed pretty pitiful, while also it seemed like a really impossibly hard challenge that would have been fun to see, like, a super-duper stacked cast get a crack at how well they would have done. So I really like that one. Second nominee, Tower of Power, Episode eight. This was, you know, J versus CT from Total Madness, but in teams where they had to, you know, guard, uh, got 20 minutes to block the entrance to their tower and as much time as they needed to get into the other person's tower. I really, really enjoyed it. Came down to the wire. It had some big implications as far as who won and who got sent in that episode. So that was great. Third and final nominee, end of the line, episode 16, was a great callback to an amazing challenge moment with Ruthie. Super consequential, obviously broke my heart when Ed... Kind of stupidly ended up got himself purged and DQ'd. It was a little controversial. Like, did Jay really be Horacio or not? It leads to obviously the betrayal and everything else. So super consequential of those three, though. I think the best daily challenge of the season was Tower Power, episode number eight. That's the one I'm giving the award to. Best elimination of the season, though. Probably no surprises here. I should have said going in. There's not going to be a lot of surprises on these awards lists, okay? I think we all know where most of these are headed. They're all kind of centered around the same person in some of the same circumstances that just really rose above the let- the rest. Best elimination, though, four of them stand out to me. Fifth episode, Jordan beating Kieran in King of the Hills. We found out afterwards how much was really going on there, how little we actually saw the controversy that ensued the whole thing, but Jordan toying with them, his entire performance coming in, being the braggadocious champ that they needed to set the tone early, and it was a great battle and a really fun game, so I liked that one. Second one, Michelle beating Cara Maria, obviously huge moment, the bow on top of the pieces afterwards, the whole thing, fantastic. That game was called Blockhead. Episode 13, Kylan beating Brad and what's going down, where they're climbing up and down the, the tower with the medicine balls. Fantastic stuff from Kylan, a uh, fun, uh, fun race style um, elimination there. And, you know, Kylan's second win versus champ third overall good stuff. And then finally the fourth and final nominee in the winner is the one you all expected. Episode 16, Norris beats Kylan Horacio. What a big moment. You know, the three big stars, everything had been working against them. They end up in there. They're betrayed to some degree thrown in against each other. Norris comes out on top versus her boyfriend and her bestie it's you know it's it's an iconic moment at this point from this season of the challenge and is uh yeah it's not the origin story of narice's stardom but it's you know the big the first big climactic moment that really ascended her from like <clears throat> this person's an awesome cast member and we love her to she's the star of the show hands down for the however long into the future it ends up going so that's the best elimination of the season those are kind of your your performance based awards now let's talk some of your show based awards starting with best quote Not the greatest quote season, I will say, but I got a bunch of them to read here from across the season for you, so I'm just going to get to it, going to read a bunch of them, we'll name a winner at the end, chronological order as always, episode four, Zara, quote, I'm a Pisces, I'm fish, I can fucking swim, look at these shoulders, have you not seen them, I look like a coat hanger and coat hangers float, so bring it on, end quote, Unbelievable from Zara episode five, Kylan quote, not the fucking clock stealing all my shine. That was him coming back from elimination. They set the clock to go to the next phase of the game. No one cared anymore about Kylan having won. Third nominee. Berna quote, it's a little bit like ayahuasca throw up all the negative energy. It's just not good though. End quote. Really enjoyed that the first time she had to drink something, as we found out was not her strong suit by the end of the season. Next, TJ, quote, A stalemate takes the game out of your hands and puts the game in these hands, which is the worst possible thing you could ever do. There's a beast of a challenge champ waiting to destroy you. Why would you have me make a decision for you? End quote. Really enjoyed that from TJ Zara quote from episode 15. James is Mariah's fourth chihuahua. He's turned into a little bitch and he doesn't even have any voice. I'm blocking him on Instagram. I fucking hate him. I wrote that in my journal as well. End quote. Zara was bringing it. I I take it back earlier. No more. Maybe. Yes. Bring Zara back. Bring Zara back. We're up to a full eight and eight of people I would vote to have back from this cast. And then episode 17, there was a bunch kind of all grouped into one narice i will not be telling none of you guys anything also fuck all of you guys every single one of you yeah end quote narice also said i don't know if betrayed is the right word but that's the only one that comes to mind end quote and then we got a back and forth tj narice throwing in the really loyalty doesn't mean much to people integrity doesn't either jay you cried last time we were here what happened all of that was fantastic from the, you know, the betrayal and everything that went down before and after across those two episodes. So with that though, I got to give this award to Zara. I'm going to go with, uh, I look like a coat hanger and coat hangers floats and bring it on. I think that was fantastic. Zara gets the quote, Of the season for that the Dan Renzi award for confessional king or queen of the season. However, Zara was in the running as was Kylan, as was Michelle and Melissa. I thought those four really stood out, deserved to be on the ballot. Definitely got votes for confessional king or queen of the season, but in the end, as she is going to do with a lot of these awards, Narice wins the Dan Renzi award. I thought one, she baseline, great narrator. I think Narice, Corey, Michelle, were kind of asked to do the most just pure narration of the season. And I thought they all did a great job at doing that. But then Nereese added in a lot. Obviously, a lot of the storylines revolved around her. We were hearing from her a lot. She had a ton, ton of confessionals. Michelle, by the way, I believe, as it was said, broke the confessionals in a season record. So that's pretty cool. Um, But Nereese, you know, was funny, was witty, was, you know, cutting and biting, uh, talked some shit, uh, had lots to say, and she wins the Dan Renzi Award. Then we get to the best moment. Now, I think we know where this one's going to go to. But we're still going to hand out some nominations because everyone deserves to be nominated if they deserve to be nominated. That's cool, too. You're just probably not going to win because we kind of know what is. But chronological order here. Third episode, Berna versus Melissa. The argument that took place after, you know, big team Melissa were in the pool, maybe or maybe not, giggling about Berna dancing or something. A lamp was broken. Words were yelled. Chests were bumped. The whole thing. It was great. Episode five, Jordan messing with Kieran during and just the bravado and the whole performance he put on was really, really great. Episode seven, Corey's big mess of nominations, you know, betraying Big T and Melissa, but still getting voted in. And it just it was a big mess. It was a big scene. It was a big moment. Episode eight. Big T trying to bribe Ed. I thought, you know, I always like to sneak in some like smaller moments that aren't super consequential, but we're just like really fun. And the type of like around the house shenanigans that I think we need more of back into the show. So highlighting one of them there, Big T bribing Ed, putting the dollar in and him just being like, I'm obviously going to say no, but uh, this is fun. Everything like that. Episode nine. Kyneland and Melissa versus Asaf over being a good parent and who promised who, what, and what that means for how good of a parent you may or may not be. That back and forth was fantastic. Loved every bit of that. Episode 11, Laurel calling out Michelle, uh, I don't remember if she was purple coat, orange shirt, which one was car, which one was Laurel, but, uh, either way, Laurels, uh, and car could have been on here for how they handled things with Michelle was and how Michelle handled things with them. To be fair, obviously back was really, really great. Episode 15, Jay's plan works. Norris has to pick between Olivia and ratio episode 16 Kylan's acting job. When he and Horacio return from elimination episode 16, Olivia turns on Norris Votes for Mariah, backstab of the season by far. Also, episode 16, Narice's response to all of that happening and, you know, everyone she got in an argument with, everything that happened after that fact. Episode 17, Narice's entrance into the game and conversation with Olivia. And episode 17, Narice versus Jay and Colleen in the hallway yelling and reading them both the riot act. You could basically group those five end nominees all into one big kind of moment that played out across two episodes but obviously if we're given the singular moment of the season it's Olivia's vote it's Olivia turning on Neris and Horacio and Kyland and picking Mariah and not Neris and sending Neris, Horacio and Kyland into elimination versus each other huge backstab huge breach of trust and friendship and everything else What a moment it was, and uh, definitely, definitely the moment of the season. And with all of that, we've got to hand out the most important award of them all, the season MVP, who will join the ranks of so many amazing season MVPs to come before them. As always, this is not just, you know, there was only one winner this season. If this was just who won the show, Emmanuel, congrats, you also get an MVP. It's not that. Who brought the most value, most valuable player, most valuable cast member to the show? Who was the best? They had to be decent at the game. They probably need to make it almost to the end of the game because, you know, if they're only there six episodes out of 19, it's hard to say they were the most valuable across the board. You know all the criteria, you know the parameters, and you also probably know who's about to win this award because this was a clear cut definitive winner. But we're still going to do everyone just like we did with the moment. You've got to give everyone their respect and their due. It's one thing to be nominated. It still matters. It still says who was impressive, who was great this season. So let's run through the usual categories here. Gone too soon. One person did make the gone too soon list, and that was Melissa. I thought Melissa brought a ton to this season. She was just only ended up being there. You know, not her fault. Seven or eight episodes is normally enough to be like in consideration in an 11 episode season. 19-episode season, however, kind of tough to really be in consideration for MVP. But I thought at the time she left the game, she was right up there neck and neck with basically anyone in the game for MVP-caliber performance. So Melissa was in the gone-too-soon category of the MVP voting. Honorable mentions, then. There's four people I gave an honorable mention to, and then I've got a runner-up and a winner. So we've got six people here that kind of got legitimate votes in the end to at least be on a ballot somewhere. Berners first. She became the most confusing value-adding cast member in basically forever. Very, very long time. I've been confused by her story all season. I didn't know which way to judge it. I do think she just got a strange edit to go along with also having a very, very stressful, chaotic kind of time within the house with big emotional swings all across the spectrum. But I thought she added a lot of value. I was, I was thinking about it a lot. I was, Curious and interested a lot and entertained to some degree sometimes. So, Berna, first honorable mention. Second honorable mention, Michelle. She provided across the board every single episode, whether it was having to rein in her villain turned, uh, her partner turned villain Jay her, you know, run her alliance, placate the thousand friends that she had in the house, beating Cara in elimination, you know, taking Laurel's verbal jabs in the elimination arena, uh, a lot, being the narrator, having those confessionals, the whole thing, doing pretty well on the competition side of things across the board. Michelle provided every single episode she was put forward as one of the faces, if not the face of the season going in. And I think she delivered what we needed from her in that respect. Third honorable mention goes to Jay. Fantastic villain. Everyone can hate him all they want. That's okay. He was a good villain. He brought entertainment. He brought value to the season in that way. And he deserves the honorable mention here. He also, along with Michelle, did successfully run this major majority alliance all the way into a final. So that's that's great gameplay, whether you like it or not. Great villain. He gets an honorable mention. And then fourth and final honorable mention is Raven, who I think was serving entertainment every single time she was asked. She just wasn't asked to do it a whole lot. Wasn't a ton, you know, a real strong part of a, some of the biggest storylines. So we didn't get a ton of her, but every time we did, I thought we got something really great, really worthwhile, really value-add. So she gets an honorable mention as well. And now, runner-up and the winner. The runner-up is Kyland. Kyland put up... There, This season from Kylan on, on a really weak season of the challenge could win the MVP. On most seasons of the challenge, it's probably right around where it is right here. A runner up MVP type performance, which is to say an absolutely incredible performance and an absolutely incredible cast member for the show. Okay, there's only one MVP any season to be definitively the runner up. Says you're pretty freaking awesome, which is exactly what Kylan is. He consistently called people out. Seconds after the votes were made at that, it wasn't even like afterwards in the house. It was like in the moment, standing there in front of TJ, laughs as someone says something, talks shit as soon as someone says something. Unbelievable and fantastic. He had a showman's that was super duper fun. He shone a light on his communities in a very positive way. He won three eliminations, two of which were against champs, talked some shit after all of those wins. Again, very, very good. He had the moment of the, the acting coming back in, not knowing, playing dumb, the whole thing unbelievable, give him an Oscar, whatever, an Emmy. This is television, it's an Emmy. Give him an Emmy for the TV performance he put on there. And he tried, he was the main one trying to turn the tides against the majority alliance the whole time. It never worked because people wouldn't join in with him, which I don't see why he gave the exact right pitch. He was the right person to do it. He was winning some dailies here and there. He was teamed up with people who were winning the other dailies here and there. And uh, the the random daily teams were never totally in line with what he or Horacio needed to actually turn that tide. But he he, he delivered everything we needed Bonafide star, love, love Kyland. He's the runner-up because the clear winner, obviously, is Norris. Norris is the MVP of Season 39, Battle for a New Champion. Massive star, romance with Horacio, was fantastic to watch, was part of nearly every single storyline, big or small, throughout the whole season, you know, really... Was a part of all the different alliances, all the different machinations. Was the one kind of moving from, you know, Fantastic Four over to here, being slowly pushed over here, moving around, somewhat friends with everyone, somewhat having issues with a bunch of different people. Total, total, just fantastic all around. Was betrayed, overcame betrayal multiple times, should have been crowned a champion at the end. She was the confessional queen of the season. The list goes on. She's everything the show asks for and needs. She's hands down the MVP of season 39. Hats off to Narice. Only one more thing to do then. That is give the season its official grade. Now, those who have listened for a while now know back when we did the rewatch series or version 1.0, it has now become of the rewatch series version 2.0 to come sometime soon-ish, soon-ish. We'll leave it at that. But version 1.0, we did the first 20 seasons of the challenge. We graded every single one, put them in the history books. We had a grading scale. We went on female cast, male cast, sport grade, show grade. And then that helped us build an overall grade for the season. There was more that went into it than that. But those were kind of some of the categories we looked at. And then we have graded most of the seasons we've covered on this podcast now, which started with Spies, Lies, and Allies, Double Agents, All-Stars 1, 2, 3, USA 1, 2, UK, Australia. It's a lot of seasons at this point. World Championships, we've covered a lot on the show. We've graded most of those, but it's been a little harder because the grading scale felt a little different when we jumped from the first 20 seasons to the most recent and didn't even cover the ones in the middle that would have probably graded out highest we've ever had. So... It's a little tricky, but we're still going to use similar grading scale, grading rubric as always. These are kind of in pen. Excuse me. These are in pencil. And eventually one day they'll be put in pen, etched in brick, etched in stone, put in the history books for good. This is the tentative history books for good portion of the grade, the immediate grade right after. Then we'll revisit once we've had some time, some distance, some more seasons to follow, and maybe we can reassess what this cast eventually became and everything else. So, Female cast grade, I'll give a B minus. Male cast, I'll give a C plus. I think this female cast, we do again between Michelle, Nerys, Olivia, Raven, Zara, Berna. Uh, you know, I think I think there's a lot. Of both we've got a lot of great stuff out of this. These female cast members already in their challenge careers, and I think there's a lot of great ahead for a handful of them. And so I feel pretty solid putting that at about a B minus for the time being on the male side. I think there's a few less standouts and a bit more just like average solid uh, cast members there. So we're going with the C plus the sport side of things. Again, I love two thirds of the format. I hated one third of it. I liked basically all the dailies and the limbs. I just wish they would have maybe been in. Hair format in some of the dailies instead of teams or not first champions in the eliminations. So we're going with a B minus there. And on the show grade, we're going to go with C plus some super high highs, but a bunch of pretty low lows. And that real dragging kind of middle portion of the season just really dragged and dragged on. If this was the 12 best episodes of the season, the show grade would honestly be like a B, almost even a B plus, because we had some amazing moments right there at the end. Um, but we're grading all 19 episodes, and so it comes into a C plus, which helps us get to an overall season grade of a C plus. That's where I'd put it in. And again, I'm trying to do this. I went back and looked at what I graded the first 20 seasons. This puts it like above both Battle of the Sexes seasons for me, but right in the big group. There was a lot of C pluses given of you know your Inferno 3s or Gauntlet 3s and some seasons of that nature where there was some good things, some bad things, some pretty average across the board, etc., cetera, et cetera. It puts it pretty in line with the last few flagship seasons we've seen, but looking at some of the seasons I had given a B-2, it just didn't quite feel right to put it in the group with who I had there. So we're giving it a C C+. If I were to rank post-War of the Worlds 2, rankings the last five flagship seasons now this little set here if i were to put them in order i think i'd have to go total madness number 1 honestly sla number 2 which i think will shock some people i like that season a lot more than most b fank third rider dies fourth and double agents fifth um double agents was just so convoluted and confusing and i just i didn't love it for the most part uh rider dies had so much potential and they just kind of blew it with some of the teams that they didn't invite. And some of the teams they kept as alternates, this, that, and the other, I think b fits right in the middle. I like B-Fank and SLA both. I think total madness is still probably the best and was also the next one after war of the worlds two. And yes, if you would have told me when total madness came out, which I was a little disappointed in initially at the time and said, this is the best it's going to be for at least five more seasons. I would have been like, "Oof." That's no good. That's not I don't know if we're getting to 40, but we also did in this time have Australia, UK All-Stars 1, 3 and USA 2, all five of those seasons I would say would probably top this list. World Championships All-Stars 2, USA 1 would probably be in the middle of these, you know, kind of in line with the rest of them for me. So, there has been really good there's been a lot of average, though. I've liked most of it more than a lot of you, but a lot of you have stuck out and listened to me talk about why I liked it maybe a little more than most. And I appreciate you for doing so through all those seasons and certainly through this one. It's been a long, long season, five months of content and coverage, battle for a new champion. Congrats once again to Emmanuel, who I am excited for as a challenge champion. And, you know, I look forward to watching my three. My three favorites didn't change. I guess that's one other thing to say at the end. Michelle, Corey, and Ed, no movement there. Three favorites remain the three favorites, obviously, like the rest of Challenge fandom. Narice, Horacio, and Kylan moved way up in my estimation. Raven as well. Their stars love them to death. Can't wait. They all four, those four, need to be on the next season of the show. If all seven of them were back, oh, that would be the best ever. But for now, be Fank. That's it. We will be back one more time, probably like two to three weeks from now. Hit all the home turf, hit the reunion, cover all the like little catch-up details, anything maybe we learn from interviews and things after the fact about this season. So we will touch on it again at some point. But for the time being, it's on to Survivor. It's on to All-Stars for... Oh, my gosh. Remember, again, next week, sometime, maybe Tuesday or Wednesday, we'll get the All-Stars 4 preview out for you in advance of Sunday the 10th, the first episode dropping, or maybe first two episodes. I haven't actually seen it. I think it's just one episode. I don't know. We'll see, but it's coming, and I'm very, very excited for that. So thank you, as always, for being here. I love you. I appreciate you. Remember, those just listening, head over to YouTube, subscribe there, so that this weekend, when I fix the challenge, you get to find out how. You get to watch that video. You get to see if you want to watch all of the other content that you normally listen to. That's great, too. If you, if you never go on YouTube ever, go on it once for me and hit subscribe. Just help me get those numbers up. You know what I'm saying? So, love you. Appreciate you. Until next time, peace.